to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have nots, we are not afraid. Our stories are afraid. They are not perfect. We believe the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1, 17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall, and you're listening to Afraid Not. This is episode number 80. And we know it's right about Thanksgiving time. A couple days from now, it's going to be Thanksgiving, and hopefully you'll get to celebrate with people you love with a heart of gratitude for all the things that God has done for you. And this episode is the perfect thing to get you in the frame of mind to be grateful because our guest, Laurie Seibert, is such a grateful person. Her heart is filled with gratitude of saying, Lord, you've been so good to me, more than I could ever deserve, instead of being bitter or saying, why me, Lord? Why did all these things happen to me? She's just a great example. This episode is just filled with moments from tears coming to your eyes to goosebumps to just moments of a thrill of hope. I mean, she's just got an amazing story to share with you today. There was a moment that Robin and I literally had goosebumps and chills. It's just some miraculous things that happened to her. Um, she is was married to her husband, Lyle, for many, many years. They have four daughters, and um, she was a teacher. Her husband was a principal, so they're very well-versed in our education jargon or whatever that Robin and I know, And but... Um, <laughs> She has. She lives in Owasso. She's from Lake of the Ozarks. And you are just going to love her story. We hope you guys listen in and have a grateful heart. Thanks so much for joining us, Laurie. Sure. We are honored that you said yes. Thanks for coming. And will you start us off with just introducing yourself to our listeners and let them know a little peek into you, kind of the... What you would say if you're on an elevator for one minute version? Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> I'm Lori Seibert, and um, I come from a long line of teachers, and I grew up in a very idyllic situation. I have seven brothers and sisters, and um, my mom and dad, and they just grew up loving us and loving the Lord, and um, it was a great situation. So, and then I married Lyle, and we just we just assumed that's how life would be. We, that's what you did. You grew up and, and you loved your family and you loved God and, and you made a difference. Hmm. That sounds absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and where did you grow up? I grew up in Lenox, Iowa. Okay. Yes. It, we lived on a thousand acre farm and uh, we learned to work hard, but to laugh and to love each other. And we're very close family and we did a lot of singing together. We all played musical instruments and my mom and dad sang and you know it was just a lot of fun. But a lot of things that happened on in my family growing up, my mom and dad would take people in that were hurting. Uh, uh, neighbors had an incident where their heater in their house blew up, and unfortunately, they were burned to death. And so oh, no. mom and dad took in their children, and 
they lived with us for a long time and my mom and dad were going to adopt them and one of the aunts stepped up and said that they would raise the children so um, they went to live with their aunt and uncle and then another instance a neighbor man uh, was in a car accident with his wife the wife was killed so he and his three daughters came and lived with us for a while but that was mom and dad wow. they were always we always had room for someone so that was just a great way to grow up knowing yeah. that you did this you you reached out to people and so when Lyle and I married we met in college and uh, which we, college is that? Well, we went to northeast Northwest Missouri State in Maryville, and we married between our sophomore and junior years, and we transferred to Missouri Western State College in St. Joe because we we worked full time at a factory and we went to school full time. We carried oh, we carried twenty my. hours each. Wow! And worked. We worked nights, and so we'd go home after midnight, and then we'd be at the eight o'clock class. And it was it was a lot of work. How did you fit in studying too? Yeah, it was it was hard, but um, we persevered and we made it through. And then um, our oldest daughter, Larissa, was born March of our last year. So um, it was so cool because we were both vocal music majors, and Aww. our vocal music instructor would hold her while we had our lessons. <laughs> so it was really really a neat situation that you know we were able to do and. Just, we had a lot of support from families, you know, to help us get through and just different things like that. So, but after we graduated from college, Lyle got a job in Northern Iowa teaching vocal music. And I stayed home and taught private lessons so that I could be home with Larissa. And later that year, we welcomed Lindsay into the family and Lyle started his work on his master's and his specialist so he could go into administration. He loved teaching music as well as I did, but, you know, when you're supporting a family, it doesn't pay very well. So uh, he needed to pursue, you know, the administration field. That was a great idea for him to pursue that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So after, you know, he got his degree under his belt, we went back to Missouri, and he was an administrator at a school in Missouri, and we loved it. I mean, every, every ounce of being an administrator, he just wanted people to know that their children were safe and that he he knew them by name, every child, you know. And we worked as a team. We always did, you know. We were together in every aspect. So that was always really, really neat, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to do that. And we moved around a little bit. We went from Eugene to Bowling Green, Missouri, and uh, we met some wonderful friends, Paul and Rebecca Young. They were always with us through thick and thin and um, while we were at Bowling Green, we had a third daughter, and her name was Lauren, and she was, what a, what a blessing she was, and she was just a fun addition to the family, and um, we hung out with Paul and Rebecca and the girls, and one night, um, we were taking our girls to their dance lessons, and um, on the way to dance, Lauren became sick, and she had been playing with me, so, it, you know, it was a surprise that something was wrong. So we gathered the girls up and took, we're taking them to the house and called our pediatrician. He said, get her to the hospital in Hannibal as quickly as possible. And so we dropped our girls off at the neighbor's house and drove uh, to Hannibal. And by the time we got there, Lauren was not responding to anything. And um, What kind of symptoms are you talking about? You said she was sick. She just threw up. I mean, that's all she did. I mean, she'd never done that before. 
Um, she just was really listless. Was it just know. a constant throwing up? Nope, just oh. one time. Oh. And so um, when we got her to the hospital at Hannibal, they lifelighted her to the University of Columbia. And um, we couldn't go, obviously go on the helicopter, so we drove the two hours. But when we got to the hospital, our friends, Paul and Rebecca, were there waiting for us. And and uh, the doctors had no idea what was going on with her. They were running tests, and um, she was feverish, but they were giving her fluids, and they said that we should call family in. They, oh, my goodness. They really didn't expect her to make it. And mm. so Paul and Rebecca were praying with us and holding us, and my folks in Iowa, it was, of course, snowy there. They went off in the ditch twice trying to get to us, and they finally made it, and then uh, Lyle's dad made it uh, down and they got to see her and uh, one of the doctors came in and said that they weren't having any uh, thing that would lead them to believe that she was going to pull out of this and that we should say our goodbyes and stuff so I went in and this is just hours after she first got sick yeah yeah just a few hours so when I went Uh. into the, the room to see her I laid my finger, she's, she's all bandaged up, she has IVs everywhere. And how old was she at this stage? She's a year. One year oh, old. Oh, okay. So um, I put my finger in her palm and she squeezed it. And I told the doctors, I said, she's, she squeezed my finger. And they're like, well, you know, she hasn't been having any type of reflexes. And so I thought that meant she's telling me, Mom, I'm going to be okay, you know. And so I was, I left the room feeling good. And so I went back in the waiting room where Lyle and my folks were at. And they followed right behind me and said that she passed away. Oh, my goodness. She was telling me goodbye. She wasn't telling me the other. Oh. It was really heartbreaking. So so heartbreaking. Yeah. And your other two girls were just probably too little to even grasp what this even. Exactly. You know, and they, well, Lindsay would have been three. And Larissa would have been five. Mm. And um, so, you know, it was, she died on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, oh no. I know. It just, it really, you know, it just, it was hard. It was hard to leave the hospital without her, you know. So, um, did they ever diagnose what went wrong? They did an autopsy and they said it was a fast growing viral infection and it was completely throughout her body. And we had no idea. Wow. You know, and, it was a really, really sad, you I'm know, a sad so situation. Sorry. But the thing is, we had um, lots of friends and family with our church and stuff that came. But the next week, our daughter, Lindsay, had um, gotten sick. And I think part of it was that just the circumstances. But she started throwing up blood. And <gasps> you can imagine. Oh, oh, gosh. Yeah, that's my reaction. So we rushed her back to the hospital. And... It was just that she'd had a nosebleed. The doctor said there wasn't anything, but they kept her overnight because mm-hmm. <laughs> of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was fine. But um, it was yeah, it was hard. It was hard going home without Lauren. Wow. But we had her funeral. Um, our friend Paul preached the funeral, and, and our pastor Bob. Um, we had it in that small Baptist church we went to there, and. Um, my folks drove her tiny casket back to Iowa so she could be buried in my hometown. 
And my faith was really shaken by this. Of course. You know. Oh, it must have been. What do we do now is my question. And I thought, how could God let this happen when so many people were praying for her? You know, our, our church immediately went on their knees, you know. So we were headed home without her, and we made our way home, and we stopped at, for a restroom break and for gas. And I went in the restroom, and there was an older lady in there, and she was really struggling, you know, washing her hands and everything. And she looked at me, and she had no idea where I was coming from. And she just said, you know, you're so lucky that you're young. You know, I've been having such a difficult time. My back's been hurting and my eyesight's not good. And she had no idea that I just lost a precious daughter. Mm. You know, and it was, it was hard. It was hard to walk away thinking, you know, how do I deal with this? But my friends and family, they, they were so good through all of it, you know, constantly checking on us. And, and I, when I felt like our, we were falling apart, you know, they would say, you know, you, it's so obvious that you have God walking with you because you guys are handling this so well. And in your, in your, in your mm -hmm. mind, you know, you are falling apart. But um, I struggled to make sense of what happened. And our pastor said, you know, God can see the whole picture. We can only see a small bit. And he said, we don't know what she may have gone through in the future or how many lives she's already touched with just her being a year old. Mm -hmm. And in fact, during this whole thing, I just found out not too long ago that my brother Mike led my dad to the Lord through Lauren's death. Oh, you know? my goodness. And, yeah, and our, pa our friend Paul went into the ministry. And her short little one year of life, you know, Mm -hmm. was what God needed for his purpose, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was heartbreaking, to be mm -hmm. sure, but mm -hmm. it's great to know that her life meant something. Yes. You know? Yeah. So anyway, um, Lyle went back to work, and I clung to our other two daughters, and Paul and Rebecca were there for me, and we just went through the motions of living for a while. I'm sure their, their little morning, you know, Mommy, I need my breakfast, mm -hmm. or... Mommy, where's my teddy bear? Or whatever. There, I bet those little voices really helped you keep going. Absolutely. Every morning. Absolutely. All day. Did. Yeah. <laughs> One night, though, I was um, really struggling because it'd probably been nine months since she passed away, and I was laying in bed and I was crying, and all of a sudden, at the doorway, I could see Lauren. I could see her standing there, and I said, <gasps> "Lauren, come to mommy." and and she just smiled at me. She never said anything. And gosh, it just made me... Because when she smiled, I just thought, she's okay. Um. You know, I know she's okay. And the next morning, I was telling Lyle about it. And when we walked out our bedroom door, on the wall was her tiny handprint. Oh, my goodness. I know. I know. Anyway, when we... After we... Um, did that Lyle found out he was needed at another school and they called and wanted all these recommendations and everything and I told him I said we cannot go without that handprint you know we, we can cut the plaster or whatever but I'm like I've got to have it right and so um he's he said okay we'll do that we'll cut the drywall or whatever but I ended up calling the police there in town and I told him the situation I told him all about Lauren and what had happened, and they came out, and they took the little handprint off the wall for me, oh. and so that I could have it, 
and the when we sold the house, the people that bought it were our friends, and they've tried and tried to paint the wall, but it will not paint <gasps> print. It will. Oh my goodness! It's still there. That is just so amazing. Isn't it awesome, though? I mean, it's just oh, like this is it, God's promise. He does this all the time to me. I'm like, you know, here if you need physical proof, this wow. is it. But I mean, it was we amazing. We will put a picture of this in the show notes. I mean, in the social media. So yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Wow. Did but, you have that sense of peace? Of oh she my just gosh, smiled yeah. at me. She's okay. I felt good. I felt good after that. I felt like okay. I know where she is. I know she's, you know, in heaven, and it just made me feel really at peace about everything. That gives me chills. Me too. Well, <laughs> it did me too. <laughs> but anyway, so that was really cool that the police department did that for me. I mean, they they came out and just, wow. I did know. they use like a fingerprint kit? I guess so. They yeah, whatever they normally wow. do. But yeah, so. But anyway, after that, um, our story didn't stop. Obviously. We moved to Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, I got a principal job there, and um, after we moved, I was not feeling good. I just thought, oh, great, you know, I've got the flu or whatever, because Lyle and I weren't supposed to have any more children. Uh, we had that taken care of because we thought three was enough, and so we actually started the process of adopting. We had Korean twin boys coming, and... Um, that's quite a process when you go through adoption, the, the background checks and all that. Mm-hmm. So that was something to look forward to. But I again, I wasn't feeling good. So I went to the doctor and we have a miracle because we were expecting. And that's when Lainey came into our lives. Oh. And it was amazing. I mean, what, a, what an amazing feeling, you know, to think... This is another answer he just provided for us, you know, and so. And truly a medical miracle. Yeah. They, the doctors would have said, well, you will not yeah. physically get pregnant. Yeah. But you did. Yeah, I did. I know. I know. And she's definitely ours. So, oh. But with Lainey, too, you know, she, um, when she was born, she was healthy, but she had a lot of breathing problems and stuff. And so um, when she was little, we'd start with her doctors started giving her allergy shots because we thought that that's what was causing it. And just she just she would just stop breathing when she would be asleep. She just there'd be silence for mm. um, yeah. So we finally kept taking her to different doctors. And one doctor, she was sound asleep when I took her, and she was doing what she normally did, which just silence, and then a gasp, you know, and. He's like, how long has she been doing that? And I said, a year. She's been doing that for a year. And he said, you are taking her straight from the University of Columbia, and we're admitting her right now. So we took her up there, and they put her in the room across from the room that Lauren was in. Oh. And I'm like, oh, You cannot make this stuff up. Oh, my goodness. You were literally put in the room across the hall. From where Lauren passed away. So I'm right now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh you know, what's going to happen. So, but anyway, they did tests. And by this time, because of her breathing, her left side of her heart had enlarged. And um, they thought it was her tonsils. The the whole time they thought it was her tonsils. And so that night they said they were going to keep her for observation and see what was going on. And she set off alarms all night long with her breathing. And so they took her into surgery the next day and removed all of her tonsils and adenoids and things. Mm -hmm. And much better, but again, 
when we opened that elevator door up, there was Paul and Rebecca. <laughs> you know, they mm -hmm. just are always such good friends, you know, and we are very fortunate to have friends like that that mm -hmm. will be there. So, but anyway, she's much better and uh, we love her to pieces and she's definitely our miracle that, you know, mm -hmm. God gave us. So, and listeners, the, the Laney that you just heard the story of God providing that the miracle for her. Um, she is actually episode number 15. She was interviewed on Afraid Not, and you can hear her story. She shares about God giving her peace and help through postpartum depression and how God brought her through, and it's a wonderful story. So you might want to look that one up. Go on back and listen again to episode 15, Lainey Norris. So anyway, continuing our journey, um, um, I started teaching at the Lake of the Ozarks as well, and I uh, went back and got my elementary certification, and I went back and got my master's, and um, I loved, loved, loved the teaching part. I mean, the kids were wonderful, and I just, I just loved it. It was exciting to me, you know. And so it was nice because I could incorporate the music at the beginning of school, you know, just working on all the science that I love. And so um, God really blessed me through my teaching and gave me lots of opportunities but as I was teaching, uh, I started having, um, I call them seizures, but they're called exasperations. My, I'd have really bad cramps in my arms and my legs and stuff. And so I went to the doctor and they, of course, they give you the worst case scenario. They could be a tumor on your back. It could be a Ooh. lot of different things. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I went to a specialist in Jefferson City and they did some more tests and came back with the diagnosis that I had multiple sclerosis and um, they would they would give me wow. shots for it and and there was really nothing at that time with multiple sclerosis that you could do you know they would they could give you steroids and things like that but I got to up to like 45 a day of these and it would just it just makes you take your breath mm -hmm. you know and so anyway um, there was a pilot program starting at that time uh, with a medicine called beta seron where you would give your shots to yourself and um, I really wanted to get in that pilot program and I didn't make the first one but I was able to make the second program uh, after the initial one and so I started shots and since it was not uh, a approved drug yet because it was just a, a, a pilot program none of my medicine was covered so I, I literally joke when I went to speak at different places that my um, salary was for drugs. I used it all for <laughs> drugs. <laughs> and it was true. It took all of it. For those 15 shots, it took my teacher's pay for a month. Wow. It was very expensive. Whoa. But six months after I started, I told Lyle, I said, I think I feel my feet because I'd lost all the feeling in my oh, feet. Oh, wow. I know. Oh. It was amazing. But um, so that was, that was awesome. So that really the medicine really helped me control that mm -hmm. but I belonged to a women's bible study it was my pastor's wife and four of my friends and we met one night and I'd had a really difficult week and so they prayed specifically for me and we stood up and we held hands and they were all praying that God would touch me and that my MS would you know dissipate and that you know he would take away the pain and you guys the the power you could feel through our hands, you could feel it surging 
I could feel it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So when we got done, I didn't say anything. But one of the other ladies goes, did you feel that? And we're all like, yes. And you know what? I never have had anything since. You were just miraculously So you just had to take the medicine for about six months? and then No, I was on the medicine for quite a while. But that night was the you know, first night, I'm, I know I haven't felt dizzy. I haven't ever had any more seizures. I, you know, nothing. But I, I know that God touched me that night. Oh, wow. You know, I just, I do. No I doubt. just know that he did. You know, and even when I went back to my neurologist, he said, I don't see any reason why you should continue your medicine. So, I, I don't. Wow. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, goodness. I know. It's so cool. But, you know, God is so good and I just one of the words that comes to me is that I'm just so undeserving and it's not undeserving of things that happen to me but just undeserving of all the things he's done for me mm-hmm. you know um, it's so evident in my life when I run into a brick wall basically you know he says something or shows me something that just really makes a difference one of the verses and I know a lot of people know it is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, you know, where it says, cast off all that entangles and ensnares and run the race with perseverance, you know, and even just that part, because when I couldn't walk very well, I just kept reading those words, run the race with perseverance. You can do this, you know, and my friends and the teachers at school would help me, you know, walk my kids to different places, and it was... It was a really a growth time for me. I think God was just using it to say, hey, listen, you can do it. You can mm-hmm. do it. I can supply the strength. You, you just use your will and make sure you keep walking forward. You know, you can do it. So anyway, one of the neat things, again, God blessed me with um, during this time that I had my MS uh, was that I was chosen as teacher of the year for that school mm-hmm. and that was really exciting so you know smart. it yes. was it was really fun and not that I needed the accolades but it was just you know it was just a nice little pat on the back you know saying you know sure. you're doing a good job and so um anyway after you've been chosen your school can submit your name and of course for the state teacher of the year and I was named Missouri State Teacher of the Year. So awesome. I know. So <laughs> I got to travel and speak at all the universities in Missouri. I, you know, and it was so fun to be able to, you know. And then when we got together in Texas um, with all the other teachers of the year for the states, it was so fun because they were all like me. I mean, it was like <laughs> they were, you know, they were really excited. And some of the things they were doing in their classes were just, you know, just not the typical, we have English spelling, math, you know, where you, something that adds a little bit extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that was so fun. And uh, just to get to travel for the year and go to International Space Camp and some of those things. But it's just, I think God just chose just specific things to bless me with, you know, like you're doing okay, keep going forward, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I hope, you know, that the kids in my classroom felt like they were given an opportunity to in, embrace, you know, what they have, you know, love learning and just enjoy each other. You know, I felt like we were a family, you know, and Lyle's buildings, you know, 
They were. I mean, you could feel that you were welcome when you walked into well, that elementary school. Well, principal makes such a difference. Absolutely. absolutely. It does, absolutely. So that was a great, you know, a great time. But I know one of the things that uh, you guys had mentioned before, if there was ever anything that kind of helped me through, in the 80s, there was a singer named Christine Wurtzen. I don't know if you've heard of her or not, but... She has a very compassionate soul, but she's gotten the Dove Award and things. But she had uh, some cassette tapes. That's how old it is. Cassette um, tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Back oh, to the day. Back yeah. to the day. We know cassette tapes. But uh, her, her cassette for that specific time that someone had given me, uh, again, when all these things with Lauren were happening, was called For Those Who Hurt. It would say, if we could see, know beyond today as God doth know, why dearest treasures pass away and tears must flow. We know that darkness leads to light and dreary days will soon grow bright. Some days life's wrongs will be made right. Faith tells us so. And I mean, her whole, the whole music that she has on there is just filled with very uplifting songs about you know, carry me is one of them, and just just making you feel like he's there. He's there mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's one of the ones. And his strength is perfect. I love that song. Which you recently sang <laughs> as a solo on our Sunday night worship. Yeah, with and, but there's a lot. You know, if you're into music at all, any kind of music touches your soul. Yes, you know, right. it does. And it does. Just piano music, just to listen to piano music, brings me to tears because it's just absolutely beautiful. You know how God could create such a wonderful instrument as just music. It doesn't have to be elaborate. It can just like the single piano or single voice. It's just it really touches you. And I put had written down that my song list changes according to what I'm going through at the time. Playlist in my feeling today. It is so true because <laughs> this is my favorite song today. Tomorrow it'll be this one, you know, <laughs> because it does. It just affects mm-hmm. you differently. Yeah. So anyway, but um, going back to my principal, who I loved a lot. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was fun to have him be my principal, but. Um, Lyle was such a, a kind-hearted person, and he he wanted the best, you know, in his school and, and the teachers. He wanted the best for the kids, and he wanted them to know that he was there for them. Mm-hmm. It was a safe environment. They, they could feel welcome and loved. And um, three and a half years ago, he was diagnosed with cancer, and he fought a great battle. I was so proud of him, and he, he prayed every day. He has... Uh, his journal, and he had a list of people he prayed for every day, and um, his girls, of course, were at the top of the list, and Mm -hmm. he was able to have uh, time set aside with each one to talk about God and how much he loved him and um, how much the girls, he loved the girls, and, and that they would be okay, and of course, to take care of me, but um, he was such, he was such a special person, but in his prayer journal, every every entry always said, I wish I could be a better witness. Mm-hmm. And he was. Mm-hmm. He was just through his life. You know, he didn't really have to say the words. Mm-hmm. He was through his outreach, you know, helping people and just his walk. And um, when I was faced with burying Lyle, I wanted to honor his prayer journal. Because he would say that God was good. He would tell anybody that. And so 
I, on his tombstone, I had music notes put on the top, and along the bottom I put Psalm 98.1, which says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. Because Lyle would tell you, he has done marvelous things. And I would tell you the same thing. You know, no matter what you're going through, you can make it, and God will help you. You know, um, Max Licato books, you know, I love his. They're very uplifting and very encouraging. And one of the things he says is, you're never without hope as long as you have prayer. And that is so true. You know, your prayers, as you're saying, them may not be answered how you would like them to be answered always. But there's always hope when you offer up prayer to God. So, you know, it's... My life has been kind of a roller coaster, but it has been one of love, and um, I wouldn't have changed anything, honestly. I mean, yes, I'd love to have my people back that I love, and I miss them, but um, God's got beautiful things planned, and, you know, it says that in the scripture. It promises yes. that, Yes. you know, and so that's that's what I'm clinging to, mm-hmm. but um, just, our, you know, I just can't say enough about having friends and family and church people that love you and wrap you in their arms and are with you. You know, mm-hmm. you need that. You need the support. And one of the um, the best things that I did when Lyle passed away was I just needed to talk to him. You know, I missed that. Mm-hmm. So I just every night, and I still do, <laughs> write in a journal, and I just talk to him. I just write him a letter. Aww. And I tell him about what's gone on during the day and that I really miss him. And I wish he were here, but he would be so proud of Wyatt or Walker or Milo or Ingrid or Caroline or Jack or whoever was doing something, you know, that he would really love it. And I know he can see them, you know, I know he knows everything mm-hmm. that's going on, but it's important for me to tell him. So, How long did he battle with cancer? He had it a couple of years before he, he passed away. It was multiple myeloma that he had. But it was just a, a sudden thing one day. His blood pressure kind of spiked, and we took him into urgent care, and they got it under control. But the next time, um, it happened shortly after that, so he went to the emergency, and, and that's when they said, well, his kidneys are shutting down, and mm-hmm. they went through all the tests and found out what it was. So, yeah. We um, In our church, we have a singing group that meets every week and we practice and we sing we share we sing at sunday night worship and um lyle and laurie have been really special hmm. thank you music's yeah. a big part of our lives and it you know is. it is just important so and recently when we sang the song his strength is perfect i found it so special that you you talked about the meaning for you and how that was just your prayer mm-hmm. to the Lord. You just sit down at the piano and just sing and pray to him and just pour out your heart. And it really, it ministered to me and to all of us there that night. And it's a picture to me of the fact that our faith doesn't equate with everything we want. Sometimes our faith is in the midst of when we didn't get what we want. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But he's holding us in it. Yes. Yes. And his love is so good. Yeah. And not like that song, but, you know, four or five times a day I'd sing and cry through the song because the words are so special. 
But, you know, it's the same in, the, in a car. I'm sure you guys mm -hmm. have experienced that, just riding in the car and you're just crying. All of a sudden they're crying. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it, it is. Music can really touch your heart. Mm -hmm. It can really heal you, too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And the words to that chorus, they're so good. They say, his strength is perfect when our strength is gone. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. Raised in his power, the weak become strong. Yes. His strength is perfect. His strength is perfect. And, you know, just recently, Chris and I were talking, my husband Chris and I were talking about just a, a heavy time he's been going through. And he said in this one moment, just such a heavy time, and I just feel so weak. And we both stopped and said, that's when God is strong. Absolutely. Yeah. So the moments that we're feeling weak, and listeners, you may feel this way today, just recognize the gift of seeing that you're weak because that's when God is strong for you. You know you can't do it all on your own, so let Him, you know. Yeah, those are the times when we realize that we can't do it in our own strength. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I think sometimes we go along thinking, I got this and everything's fine. And then when something crashes, we realize we don't have it. No. That's right. Um, what are some of your favorite uh, things that you like to tell your grandkids about and just kind of... I know you, you love spending time with them and encouraging them in their walk with the Lord and just loving God. So, like, what are some of the favorite things you love to teach your grandkids about or want to do with them or things like that? Well, mainly I love to do all the teaching stuff that I normally did, you know, so, you know, sharing science experiments with them, you know, digging up bones and going fishing, you know. I like getting my hands dirty, finding worms and bugs and stuff like that, you <laughs> know? Great. It's great. What's cool is my oldest grandson's going into geology, which, you know, so it's paying off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but they're, you know, I, I just love hanging out with them and talking to them and getting their perspective on life. It's, it's really fun because they're all ages from college down to eight, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's fun to hear their take on things and Little Ingrid, she's a hoot. I mean, she has such a funny sense of humor, you know. Both, Milo oh, and oh, Ingrid. Milo too. I have the pleasure of knowing two of her grandkids, and they are just precious, and they are so unique and fun. They're just, they're hilarious they and bright and witty. Yes. <laughs> and those are Lainey's, so if yes. you listen to episode 15, that's, that's those right. are Lainey's. Yes. 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 Well, one of the things, well, Ingrid started to have to take shots, and so her dad is giving her the shot, Mom is hovering over. This is the first one last week. And Ingrid, does, she watches the whole thing. I mean, she's had so much done with, you know, she doesn't even flinch. And they got done, and she looks at Barrett and Lainey, and she said, well, we're all going to have to get used to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who's the adult here? <laughs> Words of wisdom from the 8-year-old. <laughs> but, yeah, that's just, they're just fun. I mean, just fun to be with. And, mm -hmm. and they know. They know where their grandpa is. You know, and I stand with the Lord and, and their parents too. So, mm -hmm. you know. So. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I we hope it touches it. someone because, you know, I just, I want people to know that, you know, when you're going through a hard time, God is there. And you just, even if you can't say the words, he hears your utterings. I mean, he knows what's on your heart. So you don't have to be able to speak the words. He just knows, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Thank you, Lori. You're welcome. Listeners, we're so glad that you spent time today to hear this amazing story of faith, the journey that Lori shared. And one of the, the precious things that meant a lot to me hearing her story is how special Psalm 98.1, the verse, is to her and how she even put it on her dear husband's tombstone. And it is the words, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. I mean, Lyle and Laurie lived their lives together with such willingness to serve him and to enjoy praising the Lord. They sang to the Lord together all the time. And Laurie's example means so much to me. So I'm just really treasuring that, um, how special that is, that verse, and how her example means so much to, to my life, hearing her story today. And we just need to remember that you are never without hope as long as you have prayer. So I think that's a word I'm going to take with me. And please remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend about the podcast. That's how we get the word out, how we get more... Um, listens and so if this message has been something that has meant something to you please share that on social media or just with a friend and we hope you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving and we will be back in a couple weeks bye bye